This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Post Game Live is brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires, the team you trust. Cougar Post Game Live is also brought to you by Delta, official airline of the BYU men's basketball team. Here's your host, Ben Bagley. Welcome into Cougar Post Game Live, powered by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires for the team you trust. BYU moves to 12-1 and on the season, moving into Big 12 play, and 9-0 and on the season at home at the Marriott Center with a 94-68 win over Wyoming. Fans, remember when the Cougars win? You win with Papa John's Pizza. Use the online promo code BYU50 on the app or at a participating papajohns.com Monday and receive 50% off pizza. Hey, that's not a bad deal. Seeing Monday there'll be some good bowl games going on. Get 50% off your pizza at papajohns.com. This offer good at any Utah location Monday only. Checking the scoreboard right now. Let's take a, t- a quick look at the top 25 scoreboard. Of course, BYU beats uh, Wyoming 94-68. to In the Big 12 top 25, third-ranked Houston hosting Penn. They are up 39-17 at halftime. They jumped out to an 18-0 lead in the first eight minutes of that game. Number seven, Florida Atlantic trailing Florida Gulf Coast at the half, 39-30. 19th ranked Memphis up by three at the half over Austin P 37-34. Some finals uh, in the books in the top 25. 10th ranked Marquette beat 22nd ranked Creighton 72-67. 16th ranked Duke 106-69 victors over Queens University. 20th ranked James Madison beats Texas State 82-65. And another Big 12 game that was gone final. Number two, Kansas beats Wichita State 86-67. to Taking a look at your Big 12 scoreboard. One other Big 12 game outside the top 25 that hasn't been mentioned yet is at the half. West Virginia down two at Ohio State's 28-26. to That game once again at the half. Earlier today, the BYU women's basketball team opened up Big 12 play. On the road at 23rd-ranked TCU, Kaylee Wilson had led the Cougars with 15 points. Lauren Gustin had 16 rebounds, but the Cougars come up short, losing in Fort Worth 81-67. to The Cougars, they'll host Oklahoma on Wednesday at the Marriott Center. Coming up next, we'll, we'll look at some more scores in college football and the NFL, as well as take a look at a couple of stats and a, a player and coach interview all coming up next, your final score tonight, 94-68. to More Cougar Post Game Live comes to you your, your way next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's Ben Bagley with more Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Post Game Live, presented by Big O Tires. BYU makes it 14 in a row over Wyoming with a 94-68 win over the Cowboys. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification across the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU Radio on KBYU FM HD2 Provo. You are listening to BYU Basketball on BYU Radio. 
through non-conference play. They start uh, Big 12 play next week against Cincinnati. Uh, that'll be fun to start the first season of Big 12 conference play. Uh, Greg and Mark talked a little bit about Tiki Aliatiki and his play tonight. I want to kind of dig a little bit deeper into that. Just a rando stat of the night is a Tiki Aliatiki. 95.2% on stop percentages. And stop percentages are the estimated rate of defensive possessions where opposing teams did not score. Atiki wasn't even the highest on that. He was second highest on the team. But his stop percentage, he was playing really good defense. And the unit he was on tonight played really good defense. You look at some of the plus minuses that help talk to you about that. Atiki and Richie Saunders both with a plus minus of plus 20. Jackson Robinson with 22 on that plus minus. Those three led the Cougars there. Dawson Baker with a 19. Taking a look at a couple of more scores from college football. Four bowl games now in the books uh, for the day as we start to wrap up college bowl season. Just a beatdown as number six Georgia beat number five Florida State 63-3 to at the Orange Bowl. The Wyoming Cowboy football team, better luck than the basketball team. They get a 16-15 win over Toledo at the Arizona Bowl. 10th-ranked Penn State falls to 11th-ranked Ole Miss, 38-25 in the Peach Bowl. And at the Music City Bowl, Maryland gets a 31-13 win over Auburn. And one NFL game about to kick off just 10 minutes from now. The Cowboys host the Lions in a fun NFC battle. So it's a good sports day Saturday as we head to New Year's Eve tomorrow. Uh, after the break, we'll get you back to the Marriott Center for more Cougar Post Game Live with Greg and Mark as they'll be sitting down with Trey Stewart. That's on the other side. But as we wrap up with Cougar Post Game Live, wishing everyone a happy and safe Happy New Year as we welcome in 2024 and what we hope and expect to be a fun conference season for BYU basketball. BYU gets the victory 94-68 right here on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Here's Greg Rubel with more Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back, Courtside Marriott Center, Provo, Utah. BYU, a 94 to 68 winner over the Wyoming Cowboys. BYU goes to 12 and 1. Cowboys fall to 7 and 6. Uh, somebody brought up on Twitter the fact that I mentioned a sellout. And the sellout number uh, drew this person's attention. Uh, the number, uh, 18,987, is actually beyond capacity. So, yes, the official capacity uh, for the Marriott Center is less. It's 17,978. But BYU had more than that. We need include people that work and everything else. And so it was actually. And you will have this in both football and basketball. Uh, more than capacity numbers reported. And that's what BYU did today. So a sellout and then some for BYU in this one. Just for those curious about that number. So BYU will now uh, break for another week and then enter big 12 play against the cincinnati bearcats one week from tonight and and mark this has been uh, um, a more relaxed portion of the schedule a game a week for three weeks um again there's always the potential for rust and all those kinds of things but you look on the flip side of it and for a byu team struggling for health maybe just what the doctor ordered in terms of how many games they've had to play over the last three weeks i'd say it's pretty unusual to have this type of stretch but it seemed to be just the right timing for it and a lot of times i'll say you you don't get better when you're not playing but uh, i think BYU probably will get better with the jackson robinson coming off the ankle injury he looked very good tonight and you know ali khalifa needs rest dawson needs rest uh you go down the list and of course foos 
it's remarkable to think that we've almost gone, what, about a month without Foose now. It's been five weeks already. Five weeks without him, and it's almost like an afterthought that you're probably your best player is has been missing, and yet you don't skip a beat. And so he'll, he'll likely be back uh, for Cincinnati, and you hope he can just kind of meld right back into things. But, uh, yeah, I, I think this was for the best to have this time. And now you, you don't have time. It's it's gonna once it starts, it goes and yep. it goes for two straight months, and it's a gauntlet. Uh, during this stretch, by the way, the metrics have not suffered. Uh, BYU ends the day uh, staying at fourth in Ken Palm. People say, well, it's the teams you're playing. No, no, no. Ken Palm adjusts for that. He adjusts for the schedule and the caliber up. You still got to play really well to beat teams by 28 and 35 and 40 and all these things BYU's doing. We've seen a lot of good teams have letdowns or play lesser opponents and, and win by six, win by nine, take an upset loss. Those things happen. BYU's taken these games. They're, they're supposed to win handily, and they're winning them handily and covering in the process. And they win each one. I mean, a lot of times you'll see a team take care of one or two teams by 30 or 40. But to do it every night, uh, and every every team plays this type of schedule in the Big 12, and you don't see other teams really doing that. Maybe Houston, that's why Houston's the number one net team. But uh, like you said, all that's factored in. Everybody plays it, and, and every night you see, like uh, today, I'm just, you know, Florida State loses to Lipscomb at home. And, I mean, that happens every every night to teams, but it has not even come close to happening to BYU. Kudos to the crowd today. I started the segment with the with the number, the attendance number, and uh, this is a time when a lot of schools and and buildings can suffer for for holiday distractions and lack of students in school and all those kinds of things. And here's BYU filling the building uh, on December thirtieth. Well, a couple things about that. One, when you win, people want to see you, and this team is garnering a lot of attention and excitement because of what they put on the floor, and people want to see that. So when you win, people come out. Uh, number two is, you know, credit BYU and this facility and the show they put on. Uh, you know, this is a great show for people, especially in Utah County, uh, to come and have a great family night. And they got all, all kinds of great stuff at halftime and at, during the timeouts. And it, it's just a fun, fun environment. So I think credit to, credit to BYU staff for putting together a, a great uh, place where people can come and, and have a good family night. And then... Like I said, then you get to watch these guys doing what they're doing on the floor. People want to see it, and it's exciting. The man himself has stepped uh, man. Uh, uh, with his courtside, popping on the headset. He is Trey Stewart. Trey Stewart is our guest here as we continue with the uh, Cougar Post Game Live. Trey, good to speak with you. How are you? I'm doing great. I just met a little kid who's a BYU <laughs> fan whose name is Trey Stewart, but it's spelled with an A. <laughs> he spells the last name right, but, you know, we like that. It was cool. Wow. Was he, is he a T-R-A-E? What is he? T-R-A-Y. Just, T-R-A-Y. I don't think I've ever met a T-R-A-Y. I've met T-R-E. I've met <laughs> that's about it, T-R-E-Y, but yeah. Special, but did you guys take a picture at least? No, I signed no. their stuff, but. Still a special moment, small world and everything else. Okay. Well, hey, 12-1 uh, and one in non-conference heading into Big 12. What do you think? Feels good. We all look back at that one game that got us that one L, and we're like, man, being undefeated would be nice, but hey, we can't complain about the season so far. Mark and I were chatting about it just before you came on, but um, you've played a lot of teams you're expected to beat. Yeah. And and some favored teams have letdowns against those kinds of teams. You guys have been able to avoid the letdown. You win the way you're supposed to win. You play the right way. Yeah. Um, one thing that we always focus on, like before the game, it was entertaining. I was right by their huddle, the Wyoming team, and they said F word BYU. Whoa. And I brought our team in and I said, hey, this is what they said, but we're only focused on us. 
And it's really cool that that's a, such a testament to our team where everyone's focused on what we're doing. We're just focused on being the best. Us. So we're not focused on beating Wyoming. We're focused on playing the best game, and that's going to be whatever team we play. Well, you did it again tonight, and it was good to see you. Uh, it was a beautiful three from the corner, and you had, I think, uh, you know, you had uh, some nice steals, and you you just play, you, you bring a lot of energy and, and athleticism out to the court. Let me ask you this, Trey. Uh, Greg and I were talking about this as well. You just played a couple games over a three-week period. You've had finals in there. You've had Christmas. How does this team kind of stick, keep the momentum going when you've had a little bit of a break? And is it important for that break to just kind of get you guys healthy and right for the Big 12? Yeah, it's really cool the way we, like, practice and approach the game this year where we have this thing we call we flip the switch. So once we come in for the 10-minute mark and then coach gives the breakdown or whatever, he walks in and says, all right, we're flipping the switch. And before that, like if you see me and Trevin are playing football, like we're pretending to run routes and stuff, and we're all just messing around, and we call it light focus. So we're all very light focused, and like in shoot around in the morning, we're very light focused. In practice, we have those times where we dial in. So Pope brings us in. is like, okay, we're starting our practice. Let's dial in. And then we're really just zoned in for that hour or two hours that we're practicing. And that activation is really good because the human mind isn't programmed to be so focused for so long. So it's really cool that we're all just so rested throughout the day because our minds are light. But then as soon as it's go time, we're able to flip that switch, and then it's like, okay, for the next two hours, we're dialed in. And that's been a change in his approach and your approach as a team, and you can't argue with the results. No, definitely cannot argue with the results. So Trey Stewart, uh, four points tonight, uh, makes another three, and, uh, and, and you play 10 minutes, and you're a plus 19 in the 10 minutes. How important is that to you, that in your time – the plus minus number is just a number around it, but that the plus 19 reflects how you play when you get in with what you're given tonight. Yeah, I mean, I talk to my sports psychologist a lot about this because I get frustrated sometimes, and every young player gets frustrated when they get taken out the game. Like, I play 10 minutes tonight, I play two minutes in the first half, and that was really frustrating to me. But one thing that I really focus on is when I get in the game, I don't care what, like, I respect to my coaches, I don't care what they're going to do. I'm just focused on my job and the opportunities that I'm given. So I feel like every time I'm given an opportunity, I'm trying my best to just capitalize and do my best to – I don't focus on, oh, dang, I wish I would have done this. I wish I could have gotten more time. No, as soon as I get in the game, I'm like, okay, I'm flipping that switch, and then I'm going to go, and I'm going to go do what I feel like I need to do. And, um, I mean, tonight it was fun. It was just good to go out, and I love facilitating. Like seeing my teammates score is one of the most rewarding things to me personally. Uh, so I just really love pushing the ball in transition and bringing energy. By the way, how do we explain the fact that Ali had a turnover tonight? Okay, yeah, this was funny. He had the turnover. He had seven assists tonight, I believe. Eight. eight. Okay, so he had eight. But he came out the game, and I was like, okay, for you to get back, you need to have ten assists without any turnovers. <laughs> and it was just funny. He got that turnover, and everybody on the bench knew of me. Everyone was like, ah, man. And the crowd gasps, like yeah, collective like, gasps. wait, what? <laughs> but, yeah, no, very talented passer, and, oh, he's so fun to play with. And Trevin Nell owes him a lot of money. So, Trevin, <laughs> I saw Trevin, he got to take him to dinner for the next, like, three nights. Yeah, <laughs> Ali Benefactor and Trevin Beneficiary. There you go. Yeah, yeah. true. Trey, you mentioned your sports psychologist, and I think back, you know, how valuable that I would have viewed that as a player. How has that helped you and maybe your relationship with the coaches? I know we talk, Coach Pope talks a lot about this, and I'd like to get a player perspective on that. Yeah, last year I had a lot of, like, resentment and feelings of anger. Um, I wasn't the player I was this year. Like, I put in a lot of work. But there were just so many moments where I was just mad. And then I kind of went into my shell halfway through the season and was, like, almost viewed them as my opponents. And that was not a healthy mindset for me to have. 
but this year I'm trying to shift that just because, you know, it is frustrating. Like I do have those things, times where I get angry. But having someone like I literally just text my sports psychologist, I'm frustrated. And he said, give me a call. So I'm going to go call him after this. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to put on this front like I'm doing all right mentally. Uh, it's hard. Like it's a struggle. I mean, yeah, we won by 30. I'm so grateful for that. But sometimes you just get frustrated with tiny little things and the way you're treated and all that. And it's just so helpful to have someone who I can go to who's always in my corner, who's always going to give me the truth, and who's always going to give me science and hardcore facts that will help me get to where I need to be. So they're called the P-Squad. It's a Scott Baldwin, Scott Braithwaite, Chad Jensen, Michael Larson. Uh-huh. And those four guys are with you. One of them is with you, and a lot of them are with you know group. They're with you a lot. And yeah. you could say all the time, like, they're, they're a part of this team right now, no, aren't they? They're 100% a part of this team. There's at least one at practice every day, and then we're all assigned. So Michael Larson's mine, and mm-hmm. I owe my life to Michael Larson. He makes my mental so much better. He makes my basketball so much more enjoyable. And it's just science. Like, that's really all it is. It's just science that he's just bringing hardcore facts and just breaking, like, little tiny misconceptions about how you're supposed to approach the game and just showing you, like, no, this is, like, the best way, and then we just test. We're going to do our way star, <laughs> star of the game right now and have you comment on this player. We're going to give it to Atiki Ali Atiki today. The aerial Atiki, man. Atiki, 14 points on 7 of 10 from the field. He adds 8 rebounds, a block, and a steal in 18 minutes of play. It's brought to you by Waystar, simplifying health care payments. Learn more at waystar.com. Back-to-back double-figure scoring games for the first time in his career, and those 14 points are a new career high for AAA. I love Tiki. I love Tiki, and it's so fun to play with him because – uh, one thing that we talk about is using everyone's strength. So uh, Ali's is passing. So we know once we get Ali in the trail position, he's just going to facilitate. But Tiki, we want Tiki to screen because when he screens and rolls, we can just throw it up to him. Like, you see how athletic to me. He dunked on me last week. Like, anytime, <laughs> see, you were anyone, a part of that. Anyone tosses it up. <laughs> you, you were like collateral damage <laughs> know, on that I one. I was like, I'll take it. <laughs> but anytime Tiki is it, like, anytime Tiki has a little head step on someone, you just throw it to the rim. You saw it today. They're a very heavy ball first team, and they're trying to put ball pressure on it, and we were missing the roll a little bit, but then we found him later on. And once Tiki gets going, it's really nice because then they're like, oh, we have to play the roll heavy because his points per possession is phenomenal on that. So then it opens up the three-pointers. Then you just saw that little kind of like chess match going back and forth with how they're guarding our ball screens and Tiki just being like a linchpin and allowing us to open everything up. Mark used the expression thread the needle in regards to you today at one point, and he said it was really appropriate because of how handle, handy you are hey, with, with the needle and thread. I like that. And, and, uh, and, and you're wearing some trousers that I hope are, are your design because yes, they're they pretty are. wild. How would you describe what, these? Those are awesome. Threading the needle. Threading the needle. I like that. That's actually funny. What do we have? We, we got a lot going on here. You got, you got some quilting action. Yeah, just a, just a little quilt, and then uh, this was a train blanket. So it had, like, a train, and then it had, like, the locations that the train was, like, supposed to stop and all that. There's a conductor on the cab. It's like it's pieced out of a blanket and a quilt, yeah. and it's, it's, uh, that, that's what you've turned into pants. Yeah, just pick my favorite part. I wish, I wish people, you know what we're going to do? This is radio, but I am going to take a picture of these and then tweet it so people know what we're talking about because they're pretty cool. Thank you. I'm not kidding. I love those. Those Thank are you. awesome. I appreciate that. Awesome. I appreciate that. Man, that's good stuff. We've already talked about so many skills that he possesses, both on the floor and off. But he's well, he's I don't know what unique. what his future holds, but it's awesome. <laughs> he's gonna, whatever he does is going to be cool. Thank you, I appreciate that. All right, how about the fact that uh, we announce a crowd of almost nineteen thousand here on a on a holiday Saturday? It was, like me and Jackson were talking about this. It was like a little bit into the game, and Jackson just looks up and goes, "Bro, this is crazy." <laughs> like you, like you, I always look like we always forget to look up. And Pope always, like, makes that, like, important to us to, like, really suck it, like, take in a moment. And, like, you just look up and, like, all the stands of here are filled. And I remember one of our secretaries was like, oh, the game sold out today. And we were like, whoa, we thought we were going to be, like, there's not going to be that many people. 
But Cougar Nation, man, they're always showing love, and I greatly appreciate it. And so next, it's a week, I'm not going to say a week off, because you're going to work real hard between now oh, and yeah. next Saturday. But it is Big 12 play, and it becomes a real thing in a week. Yep, it definitely does. And uh, Pope just got uh, done talking. I don't know if he talked about it on here, but he was like, let's just go BS. Let's just go BS, and that's just what we're going to do. Good stuff, Trey. Uh, great work today by you and the boys. Always good to have you on. We'll do it again. And uh, happy New Year to you. And good luck as Big 12 play gets underway. Thank you. I hey, appreciate y'all. Thanks, All right, Trey. that's Trey Stewart. We're back with the coach and BYU Creamery Cougar postgame coach show after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the BYU Creamery Cougar Postgame Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, so welcome back courtside here at the Marriott Center. Greg Rubel and Mark Durant with you. Final score tonight is 94-68 BYU over the Wyoming Cowboys. BYU head coach Mark Pope will soon be joining us once he wraps up his uh, press conference obligations in the media room. He'll be uh, done with that very shortly. Let's maybe get to our economics partners valuable stat of the game in the meantime before we get to coach. It is brought to you by economics partners whether for tax financial reporting or strategic purposes when your business needs a valuation the right partner is economics partners learn more at econpartners.com going to go to three-point shooting in this one you could pick this on a lot of nights but this was a wyoming team that had played 12 games and had not allowed more than eight threes in any game and coach pope said there was design to that and so byu taking on a team that hadn't allowed more than eight in any game had 14 threes on 14 for 32 from deep tonight. And the Cougars are already averaging almost 13 threes a game, a game with 14. They keep the numbers high regardless of the opponent. And I thought that was a key to the uh, – uh, I mean, and it felt like when Wyoming would draw this thing to 11, 10, get a little close, bang, somebody would hit a three and they'd be pushed back out again. Yeah, it's funny that you shoot 32 and that's kind of a low number for your team. Uh, and I guess so. I guess a mission accomplished for Wyoming that they were able to keep BYU under 35. But – uh, you know, it, it's really impressive what BYU does, and, and they shoot a good number, obviously, but when they miss, they get the rebound. And I remember several possessions where it was two, three opportunities for three where you miss a couple threes, but then you get so many opportunities, you know, you're going to make one. And, and they did, and that's just it's soul-crushing for a team. You work hard on defense, you get the miss you want, and they get the rebound, and it happens multiple times. That, 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 there's nothing more deflating for a team than to, to have that happen to them. And then when you when you finish with a three, when you make a three after all that, you're just like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> what do we have to do? And uh, that's really – so the three's impressive, but the fact that when they miss, they get their rebound is, is almost even more impressive. And another big rebound margin day for BYU at, at plus 16, 46 to 30. On the glass was BYU today. On the offensive edge, it was 15-10, to 10, turning into a 22-11 second-chance points advantage. I used in a tweet I did earlier the word relentless to talk about how BYU beat you. They just don't let up. It's in the way they play, the way they attack, the way they rebound, the pace in which they play. It's a hard team to defend for 40 minutes, and especially when you're playing in a building like this at elevation, let's say. Now, Wyoming's used to it, but any other visitor coming in, that all makes it hard. Yeah, even when you do a good job, which Wyoming did in this first half at least, uh, it's hard to, to stave off the the offense of BYU for too long. And eventually, uh, they're going to get a couple threes in a row, and then you're in scramble mode where you had some composure, you had the game going like you want, and all of a sudden we're down 10. How did that happen? 
and then you start to scramble, and, and it's really frustrating for teams to have to, to deal with that because of the constant offensive pressure that BYU puts on people. Uh, it's hard to stave it off for, for too long. Among the numbers of note uh, for BYU, the Cougars were 15 of 16 on layups and dunks tonight. I think the one miss might have been the alley, uh, the Atiki, alley Atiki. Yeah, uh, that was almost his easiest alley-oop. And the, I don't know what went on there, but he doesn't miss many of those. All right, Mark Pope is ready to sit down and uh, pop on the headset as we continue with our BYU Creamery Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. Brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic taste of BYU ice cream now also in a convenient pint. Coach Pope is just about to uh, have a seat. It always takes a little longer <laughs> when the crowd's this big, but uh, some you know people to meet and greet on the way to the headset. He's popular. I used to have to walk across BYU's campus with my dad, and that was always took about two hours to get across campus. And Coach Pope might be a little bit more popular than George. Ninety-four to sixty-eight is your final as BYU goes to twelve and one. They'll take on eleven and two Cincinnati in their Big Twelve opener one week from today. Head coach Mark Pope does have a seat. Coach Pope's win today was his ninety-ninth as BYU head coach. The coach Pope one win away from the century mark at BYU as he goes to 176 and 98 in his Division I career. Coach Pope on the headset. This is the BYU Creamery Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. Coach Pope, congratulations to you and the boys on a really nice win this afternoon. How fun was that? Greg, uh, Greg, uh, Mark, did that bring back memories? You had a bunch of Wyoming oh, games, didn't you? Oh, man, I'll tell you. I, you saw we, that, we, we could talk about you saw Wyoming that guys. gold walk in here I, to listen, give you a little, little juice. I learned some new words when I went up to Laramie, let me tell you that much. <laughs> Yeah. It, was, it was, though, an, an old conference rivalry renewed, oh, yeah. and it becomes it kind of ushers in a new area, a yeah. new area we'll get to in a bit. But, uh, yeah, this was the first time in, you know, 13 years where these two teams get together. Uh, what did you think Wyoming would do as opposed to what they gave you and what you gave them? Uh, I think they gave us what they expect. They have uh, some really explosive guards that can really score. I thought Sam Griffin was terrific in the first half especially. Um, and we, we really were having a tough time finding answers to him. Um, I thought uh, our game plan, a ton of credit to Coach Finale and, and Colin Terry. This was uh, his, you know, he was leading this scout. Um, the way we dealt with 33 in the, in the post, kind of in his Barclays and his, uh, you know, uh, 34 ball screens, um, really, really caused them problems. Our smash down guy was diligent every time. Our first pass guy, we came up with three steals in the, in the first half off that. So I thought we managed that really well. What we didn't manage well uh, through the first 25 minutes of the game was the high ball screen action where they were just getting out of it so fast and ducking in the third defender. Um, and that caused us all kind of problems. Uh, eventually, we, we, we started switching that, and it worked much better. Uh, it kind of a, a pre-switch switch. But um, I thought our guys were great. It took a while for Griffin to get back going again in the second yeah. half. It seemed, like, it seemed like in the first 10 minutes of half number two, yeah. whatever you wanted to do, you to, uh, pay dividends there with him. Yeah, um, he's a good player. He's a really talented player. I tried to recruit him. And, um, hmm. and um, you know, I, this is a really good team. This Wyoming team is going to be a good team. Uh, you know, uh, 33's name. Mason, Mason Walters. Walters. You know, Mason Walters is a proven commodity. Uh, was a player of the year in the country last year. And, and, um, and he's only been with them. This is only his third game with them. And they're going to grow how they incorporate him. And it's going to continue to make more and more sense. Uh, but this is, a, this is a good Wyoming team. They're going to have a, a good year in the, in the Mountain West. It's been a hallmark of your team to get good bench production, 41 again tonight. And uh, Atiki uh, gets a a career-high 14 points. And I'm wondering, is he trying to take over the offensive spark 
a roll from Jackson Robinson when he comes yeah, in in the first yeah, half because yeah. he's been really good. I think he's like, I can get buckets too. Uh, you know, it's actually very interesting. So um, Wyoming had pretty pretty much traditionally been very much uh, drop uh, ball screen defensive team, and they really pushed their guys out above the free throw line. They really stayed. They really honored our shooters. You know, they were sending a second defender to Jacks every single time he got a catch. They were not leaving him at all. Uh, you know, you saw us exploit Trevin late, uh, mid midway through the second half because they were diligent about going over everything with him, so we started getting him late. What was interesting with the Tiki in this game was um, because of that, the role was wide open every single time, and, and, and uh, there were times where we couldn't make the pass because of length, times we couldn't make the pass because we got held up. A Tiki actually got held up on the screen, um, but when we did, um, it was really important for us to exploit that. That aerial attack is a really important fundamental part of, fundamental part of the game that we have to have. If you don't have it, it really stymies uh, what you can do. Um, and then Atiki was great in the post. Again, he was super po- uh, patient in the post. He's 7 for 10 from the field. Yep. He's got 8 rebounds, 14 points. And the best number of the night, zero turnovers. That's, it's, that's been the biggest change for him from, from last year to this year is his ball security. I'm super proud of him for that. It was great. And on a day where you don't have Foose and, and you get Ali and Khalifa in foul trouble early to have uh, Noah go 17-8, and eight, yeah. Atiki go 14-8 and eight with a combined one turnover between those two guys. Yeah, I thought Noah was terrific. You know, it's interesting. Like, Noah has been such a great lockdown defender. So we're showing, uh, you know, as we do um, good-bad clips, we show the guys what we do well and how we do well and how it's going to apply. So we actually had some very different teams, but there were a couple facets of this team that there was one tiny little slice that was very similar to North Carolina State. And so we brought back some North Carolina State clips of, you know, we were dealing with an issue defensively against North Carolina State with a guard that was cooking us, and we switched Noah onto him. Like, Noah Waterman, guys. Think about that, where he's come from last year. And the same thing tonight is when we started switching that high ball screen, it just really stymied them, and it was it, and Noah was great defensively, and, and uh, it became a non-issue. It, it really got them stuck. And so, you know, I haven't even talked about the shots he made or, you know, anything else, but but he was terrific tonight. I'm really, really proud of him. I know this is nothing you would ever choose, obviously, but has the injury to Fusini maybe in the long run helped this team with the, the minutes now that Khalifa and, and Atiki and the, the comfort level you see uh, uh, Ali Khalifa you know, getting that range from the three now? I mean, is the extra minutes, do you think, will help them going forward? First of all, could we love watching – uh, Ali Khalifa play any more than we do. It's pretty special. I mean, this guy throws like a world-class dime again, and then it's just kind of like jog down the floor and just like, yep, I just did that. 18,000 Cougar Nation fans. I just did it. Sure did. And then him making shots right now is super fun. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, in terms of the minutes, um, we, you know what? I don't know. I would never choose it. <laughs> Um, I'm just grateful that we have guys that we can endure it, right? And, and uh, you know, um, it was Foos and Atiki uh, carrying the load when Ollie was out. And then as soon as, uh, as, soon as Foos went out, it's been Ollie and, and Atiki. And mind you, Atiki's been the constant, and he's playing with a broken thumb all season. It's not going to get better until we do surgery after the season. So you just think about these three guys. We've needed every second we could get out of all three of them, and they're a pretty potent bunch, and it's pretty fun. Mark Pope with us. It is the BYU Creamery Cougar Post Game Coaches Show. Closing comments with the coach after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the BYU Creamery Cougar Post Game Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
BYU wins its 10th consecutive home game, 13th consecutive non-conference home game, 94-68 over the Wyoming Cowboys, 14 straight wins over the Cowboys going back in the day. Greg Rubel, Mark Durant, and head coach Mark Pope on the BYU Creamery Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. We end the last segment, Coach, talking about Ali Khalifa. Uh, these are his current now, his updated assist-to-turnover numbers and ratio for the season. What do you make of this? Well, first of all, did you just say we've had 14 straight wins against Wyoming? Dave Rose went 13-0. That is, I mean, <laughs> Coach Rose's records, they just are mind-boggling. 13 straight. He went, he went 6-0 and in Laramie, 6-0 and here, 1-0 wow. in Vegas, and now this makes it 14. But these are, uh, yeah, these are Ali's new numbers you know, here. I feel, I, feel, uh, I feel terrible for Ali because he's 8-1 and one tonight and just destroyed his assistant turnover ratio. <laughs> drop, think drop, about that. It like, dropped from like 22-1 to one to like 14-1. to Like one. you go 8-1 and, one and like you, lo- you go down by 33 <laughs> you go down. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it, come on, man! It's really fun. It's really fun to have him on the team, right? And he's super delightful. And he's um, interesting enough. Like he solved them. You know, we we actually switched. You know, uh, thirty three was was kind of giving us some foul issues down in the post, and so we actually just like you know what? Just let Ollie deal with it. And so you know, you think about Ollie now. Now he's dealing with the. NAIA player of the year last year who's a, a lethal weapon that they're kind of going to and going to, and Ollie just kind of quieted him. It's just like, yep, yeah, I got it, fine. Just put me on him and let me take care of it. And he did that as well as being 8-1 and one and I think 2 for 3 from the three-point line. He was. Um, just just unbelievable performance yep. from Ollie. It's pretty impressive when we can kind of get to this point, and I've not talked too much about Noah and Trevin Nell. 17 yeah. each. They go 8 for 15 from the three-point line, 13 rebounds between them, three assists. I mean, the, the, those guys are uh, – how, how nice is it as a coach to, to be able to kind of rely on that production from guys and have them be so consistent and solid every night? Um, you know, uh, Trevin Nell has is, is, is really turned a corner, which is pretty fun to see. And you can't shortcut it. There's no way to shortcut it. But Trevin Nell is living in a space right now where he's like – I can go reproduce this over and over and over again. And on the nights when things don't go right, I'm like, you know what? That's just the life of being a shooter. And he, he moves on. He's just got this, you know, he's 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 just turned a corner right now as an elite, elite level shooter mentally where he's just playing with some peace. Um, uh, and it's not so much outcome driven as it is just like, hey, I'm making the right plays. I'm doing the right things. And again, you know, uh, what would you say? At 17 tonight? Yep. So you think about Trevin, he's 3-for-5 from the three-point line. Uh, he's 7-for-10 from the field. And I'm telling you, the biggest contribution he made was on the defensive end. We went in halftime. We're like, Trevin is our best perimeter defensive player. He was really – I thought he was – he was one – uh, one really, really early primary tag that he missed early in the game. But otherwise, I thought he was extraordinary defensively, dealing with rifles, uh, dealing with all their flow action, uh, managing things on ball screens. I thought he was elite. And so he, he had a, a really well-rounded game tonight. And, you know, uh, Noah Waterman, I thought, was exceptional also, 17-8. and eight. And, again, you look at Noah as a one-turnover guy. He's really special for us. That's really important for him, a 5 or 10 from 3 making simple, dangerous plays. He's a tough scout, man. He's a really tough scout. Jackson Robinson will have better shooting days, but it's his first game back after basically two games away. He gets pretty much what he wants, when he wants. How would you like his speed and his pace out there? And the fact that he goes plus 22 yeah. to lead everybody tonight was important. Yeah, I think in the, if I'm right, uh, in the first half he had three steals. Um, he had a couple great transition possessions. I know what Jackson feels like when his in-between juice is great. I know that's a terrible thing to say because nobody understands what I'm saying. But 
When his in-between game is great. So, for example, there were two possessions in the first half where we ended up with him with the ball and pushing in transition with his shoulders down with a huge amount of thrust. And I'm like, oh, this guy, his in-between stuff is special right now. Like I said, the three steals and the defensive presence. We ended up in the second half. We were really having a tough time with uh, with Sam Griffin. Ended up switching jacks onto him, and he really stymied him with his length. Um, I thought he had a great night tonight. I know he's, he didn't shoot it as well as he has, but... He is a problem. All right, uh, next up for BYU. By the way, before we uh, talk about the the, the opener next week, um, I mean, you see Trey Stewart wearing cool stuff all the time. Yeah. You see his pants today? No. So this was Trey. This was radio post game today with Trey. Yep. This, uh, these are his hand sewn pants that I'm showing you on my phone. Yeah. It's like part quilt, part blanket, and he mixes it all together, and makes yeah. pants out of the stuff. His, his, I'm telling you, his granny quilt line of gear is fire, isn't it? Though. Yeah. It's From G- tops to bottoms, he does it and, all. And and I, I'm trying to market this, but it's GQ granny quilt. It's like granny quilt <laughs> like fashion, it. GQ fashion. I'm telling you, it's on on the way to taking the world by storm. I thought Trey was great tonight too. Um, I thought he really gave us great minutes, and and uh, I thought he was terrific. Yeah, we we t- I think we told him he was a, a plus twenty. He was a plus twelve or something yeah. in, in ten minutes of Had play. Five rebounds. He's a good rebounder. Yeah, you look at Trey. He's he's a plus nineteen on the game. If, if in, I ten, in ten minutes of play, and only ten minutes of play, and has five rebounds, one assist, zero turnovers, uh, two block shots. It's a really terrific game. Um, and, and the fact that we're getting massive contributions from so many guys is very, very important to us, and, and it's, it's pretty fun. All right, the Big 12 starts for you next Saturday. Um, only 10 teams with 10 or more wins in the Big 12 when the day began. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got 11-2 and two Cincinnati coming into your place next Saturday. So I'm, I'm, I'm watching and tracking the Evansville game last night. Yeah. And that went from that went from their down eight to their up eight in a flash, yep, and then yep. Cincinnati looked like Cincinnati pulling away late. And, and Cincinnati didn't even have their guys, right? Um, they were missing know, Bandago. Yeah, and, and clearly we know yep. what a difference maker he is. He he can change the whole complexion of a game all by himself. Um, and it's but but you know what? It's just like we're gonna run out of superlatives uh, by next Tuesday for these teams we're gonna face in the Big Twelve, and and but that's the beauty of it, and and. Um, and uh, the other thing, you know, so we understand we're very humble. We know what we're facing. We understand how tough it's going to be. Hey, Jonathan Tavernari. Yes, he is here. JT. legend just, <laughs> just rolled up. Looking good, my friend. You doing all right? JT was doing some Come TV on, today. Baby. <laughs> Let's yeah. go. You would have you got 20 all by yourself. <laughs> JT, JT's in love with his 30-plus threes. Oh, uh, Mark, and I have right had, Mark and I have had so many good conversations <laughs> with this guy in your spot over the years. Oh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Uh, he's a great interview because you never know what he's no. going to say, boys. Uh, so um, I, I think that, you know, we, we know what we're walking into. We're super humble about it. We understand that, you know, like we, we, we know Kansas won this thing last year, right? They won the Big 12, and they lost five games in the league, right? It's just as a, this thing is a beast. And, and so, but, but the other side of it, like we understand we're humble. We understand how hard every game is going to be. Every game is against the top 20 team. Every game is a quad one game. We understand that. Um, we understand that, like, you, nobody gets through this, this gauntlet, uh, you know. Unscathed. More than unscathed, <laughs> right? Like, m- almost Beaten mortally up. wounded, right? <laughs> but with that said, like, we're not changing anything. Um, Go be you. We're, we're going to come try and be us a little bit better than we were yesterday. 
tomorrow. Not tomorrow because tomorrow's Sunday, right? But but on Monday, we're going to try and be us a little bit better than we were today on Monday and then a little better on Tuesday. And our keys to the game are going to remain incredibly similar. And that's the whole point of this process. We've been working towards this for a long time. And so now it's just a matter of, like, we believe in us. We believe in, like, what we're trying to do. We understand we're going to take some hits. And then it's like, how good can we get at, at being us? And so there's some real comfort and peace in that. And I think our guys have some resilience to staying power built in. What are what are the big challenges to, to being you? I, I, you know, you look at the Utah game. You mentioned that y- you weren't being you out there, and obviously you're going to face these new teams. But what do you see as the biggest challenges to to being? you and, and doing the things that you've had well th- there's a lot so you know one of the things that we've been elite level at this year is protecting the ball we're going to face teams that are going to really make that challenging right and so so this part about being us is if we get down to the fundamentals can we be diligent and getting the two feet and keeping our dribble alive and making the simple play right away as early as we can like can we be diligent to those principles in the face of uh insane road crowd um you know when the other team's on a run can we still dial into that um can we be us like as hard cutters that finish cuts and really really screen and can we trust that which has been so successful can we trust that when when it feels like the wheels are falling off can we go back to that instead of out of the goodness of our heart and our desire to help our team trying to do stuff on our own right trying to fix it ourselves can we be ridiculously diligent about getting the offensive glass every single time, even though now every time you go, you're getting chucked right in the chest uh, and getting bruised and battered beaten, and you have no success for the first 18 minutes mm-hmm. of the game? Will you keep going for the next 22? That's the race to be us. Um, you know, we're, we're out on the floor and we're feeling fatigued. Can we keep running and keep this thrust going? Um, even when it seems like things are going sideways, like all those, you know, all those things and a list of 20 more that, that kind of define us the way we are. You know, if we miss a bunch of shots, can we keep, keep shooting and keep milking the offensive glass, right? Um, uh, you know, can we, when things are going sideways, is it going to pull us into a huddle? Or are we going to be wandering around looking at the sky, kind of trying to figure out what's doing? Like all these things about being us is the stuff that our guys have been so successful about, and we just need to continue to get better in those areas. Mark Durant, great question. Mark Pope, great answer. Uh, as we let you go, speaking of Brandon Gear and whatnot, what's, what's that? Is that Avery over there? What's she got on? This hoodie? You see that hoodie? Avery. Pope line. Avery. Look at this. <laughs> okay, Avery, come Pope here. Girls. So, 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 look, look at the, look at this hoodie. Tell, you know, you know, tell our audience what this hoodie Trey says. Stewart is Trey Stewart is not the uh, only fashion guru uh, affiliated with this program. So, my youngest daughter Shay uh, is is got her own product line, and so she did these uh, Pope Girl Prada sweatshirts for Christmas. Nice. And so we're looking, so we're looking at a Pope Girls hoodie right now. Yeah, and so she came down this and is, she came down and gave these incredible sweatshirts to all of the Pope Girls, like Lee and the and her three sisters. And then the next person's gift to be opened were Avery's. And what Avery did was go around the house and find <laughs> a bunch of reused stuff and just wrapped it up. It was Avery Pope. What a what, what a she call out. Never lived out. What did she give the girls? What was it? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, she found stuff that she had taken to her dorm and that we'd been looking for. She's like, ooh, I'm going to give it to her for Christmas. She's like Aunt Bethany. Giving yeah, it stuff she is she like Aunt Bethany. <laughs> I'm going to start calling her Aunt Bethany. 
Avery is right here recording on this, so hopefully yes. this will make it on a social media somewhere. Oh. All I know is I get Christmas card, and I think one of these things is not like the other, and you're the one thing. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I do not fit in this entourage at all. Oh, man. Well, we always enjoy our time with you, and we hope you enjoy your time with your family, and Happy New Year to you and the Popes. Hey, we'll just... hey uh, Happy New Year to all Cougar Nation. What an unbelievable uh, We announced on, it at uh, 18987, what? which was a sellout plus tonight. Yeah, and so we're, we're, we're nobody gets to play in front of this guy, so we get to do it. And then, Greg, last thing for you, will you please try to keep Mark out of jail on New Year's, please? I will do it, okay. as, as, in contrast to last year. Yeah, My goodness. Yeah, okay, appreciate you guys. All right, thank you, Mark. We'll come back and wrap it up here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the BYU Creamery Cougar Postgame Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Closing things up here from courtside at the Marriott Center where BYU defeats Wyoming. Final score, 94 to 68. Does that sound right? I've said it yes, that, right, yeah. it's right here. Yep. Yeah, 94 to 68. All right, uh, our thanks to the crew over at uh, BYU Radio just across the way. Our control board operators, James Finlayson and Derek Dungan. Our studio editor, Maya Tippett. Our control board operator, our control board operators are those and the editor. Then we had our coordinating producer, Terry South. Our engineer, Barry Squires. We had Ben Bagley as our studio host. Um, and then we had uh, courtside, uh, Tyson Jecks, BYU Basketball Communications Director, as our right-hand man. We thank Mark Pope and Trey Stewart for postgame, Coach Pope in the pregame, along with Wyoming Associate Head Coach uh, Ken DeWeese. They were all part of the broadcast. That just leaves the guys on the headset. And so, Mark Durant, we've come to the end of another calendar year and uh, the dawn of a new conference era for BYU is next time we get together on the headset. It's Big 12 play, BYU in Cincinnati next Saturday night. More importantly than the Big 12 is the fact that it was my daughter Stratton's birthday yesterday. Big 15. She's sitting next to me here. She's 15 years old, and I hereby declare 2024 is the year of Stratton. Hmm. I think it's great things look to look forward to for her, and I just like to have a front row seat in her life because it's awesome. You guys and do a lot of fun things together. Anyone anyone who follows the socials know that um, you guys are the uh, most prodigious father-daughter golfing duo out there right now. Well, we're best buds, and uh, I hope that never changes because it's a blessing to my life, and uh, it's a blessing to do this. It's a blessing to be a part of BYU, and I I love this season. I'm excited to see where it will go. I don't know what will happen, but I know these guys are, are great players, and it's a great team, and and uh, I'll put them up against anyone, any any team, any night. And uh, maybe it'll be not only the year of Stratton, it'll be the year of the BYU Cougar mm-hmm. basketball team. So uh, Pope Daughters and a Durant Daughter, big part of the postgame proceedings tonight, uh, part of a fun broadcast. Another win. We keep, get, to keep, get to keep calling these wins, Mark. I'm getting used to this. I, I, I don't know why it can't, we can't just win by 30 in the Big 12 every night. That, I mean, they, Go try they've, it. Been, they've been doing it, Go so let's it. just keep doing it. So one week from tonight, to BYU in Cincinnati, 7 o'clock pregame, 8 o'clock tip as the Cougars begin their Big 12 era. And, uh, yeah, they've already shown a lot uh, without ever having gotten into conference play about their ability and intent to compete in the league. We look forward to the next couple of months. It should be a lot of fun and uh, and, and, and tough fun because uh, it is going to be a nightly gauntlet in this league, no doubt about it. So that'll do it for tonight and for this year, calendar year 2023. So for all the folks I mentioned 
and from my color commentary colleague, the great Mark Durant. My name is Greg Grubel. Thank you for tuning in. Saying in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU Basketball on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night and so long from Provo, Utah. You've been listening to BYU Basketball on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Coverage of today's game has been brought to you by All Pro Capital, Real Estate Investments, by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires, the team you trust. Brought to you by Ken Garf, we hear you. And by Smith's Food and Drug, proud partner of BYU Athletics. BYU Basketball is a production of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Shane Reese, Vice President Keith Vorkink, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and Associate Athletic Director of Corporate Sponsorships Casey Stoffer. BYU Basketball is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network.